0: Hello and welcome to Words of Wisdom, a podcast dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. Your host is Dr. Jerry Weirwol, who will share life-giving truth from Proverbs that will help us become wise and discerning. Wisdom is a journey, and we hope you will join us for this exciting adventure. As we come to the final section in chapter five, Solomon has gone from issuing a stern warning to his son, about the dangers of getting involved with another woman who is not his wife, to encouraging his son to enjoy his wife, and the sexual pleasures that he can experience with her. Here in the final section of the chapter, Solomon now returns to a warning about the destruction that awaits if his son deviates from his teaching and does not remain faithful to his wife. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 20-23 to 23 say, So why go astray, my son, with a strange woman? And why do you embrace the bosom of a foreign woman? For a person's ways are before the eyes of Yahweh, and he weighs all his paths. The one acting wickedly, his own iniquities will capture him, and he will be seized by the cords of his own sin. He will die because of a lack of discipline, and in the abundance of his foolishness he goes astray. In verse 19, Solomon had just finished encouraging his son to go astray in his wife's love. Here in verse 20, he plays off the wording and asks rhetorically, Why go astray with a strange woman? And why embrace the bosom of a foreign woman? As in previous episodes, we know that the term strange woman refers to a woman who is not the son's wife. The son is likely married, as we learned in the previous episode, and therefore, any other woman besides his wife is a stranger and does not belong in his marriage covenant, nor is welcome in it. She is out of place. Moreover, the woman is also called a foreign woman, which has nothing to do with her nationality or ethnicity. She is called a foreign woman because she is not a native resident in the son's marriage covenant, so to say. But she is a foreign invader. The question that Solomon raises deals with why his son would consider going astray with and embracing the bosom of a foreign or strange woman. The Hebrew translated bosom designates the abdominal region, the outer and lower part of the torso below a woman's breasts. But it is put here as a metonymy for the woman's sexual organs. Thus, when Solomon says going astray with and embracing the bosom of a stranger foreign woman, both of these are euphemistic expressions for having sexual relations with her. But why does Solomon ask his son this question? Well, he's not looking for an actual answer. He's speaking rhetorically about the sin of adultery in order to prompt his son to think seriously about the ramifications that such actions will bring. Along this line, Solomon offers two points for his son to think about as a way to dissuade his son from being enticed by other women. First, Solomon conveys to his son that everything his son does is seen by Yahweh. He says, all of a person's ways are before the eyes of Yahweh. The Hebrew word translated ways is the same word that is often translated as roads elsewhere. And it refers to a person's choices, behaviors, or way of life. It is the path that a person is on in their life, which could be specific decisions that they are making or, in broader terms, the general course or direction they are headed in life. So what Solomon is stressing is the fact that every decision we make and action we take is clearly visible and in plain sight of Yahweh. He sees everything. You can't slip something past Yahweh or pull a fast one on him thinking that he won't notice. Yahweh's vision is perfect and all our ways are open and accessible for him to see. Nothing is concealed from his view And nothing goes unnoticed by him. Yahweh doesn't miss a thing. In addition to Yahweh seeing everything the son does, Solomon also tells him that Yahweh weighs all his son's paths. This is an interesting phrase. How does Yahweh weigh a person's path? The Hebrew word translated weighs carries the meaning of to discern or judge something. What Solomon is saying is that not only is every deed exposed before the eyes of Yahweh, but every deed is also judged by Yahweh. Therefore, no secret sin, such as adultery, which one does behind closed doors, will go unpunished. Everyone will be held accountable for their actions. In the letter to the Romans, the apostle Paul stipulates this same idea when he says, For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will confess to God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. That's Romans chapter 14, verses 10b through 12. Next, Solomon, back in the book of Proverbs, offers his second point. If his son commits adultery, Solomon threatens that his son's own iniquities will capture him and he will be seized by the cords of his own sin. That's verse 22. Here, the son's iniquities and sin are personified like a hunter who lays a trap for the person who acts wickedly. The person who acts wickedly by committing adultery will be captured and held fast, or they will be seized as though they're caught in a snare by the cords of their sin. This personification and imagery is so descriptive. In my mind's eye, I'm imagining a scene where a person who commits sin, gets all entangled and wrapped up in a web of rope to the point that they can't move. They are completely immobilized and helpless. Essentially, they have become paralyzed and are then taken away by the hunter for slaughter. Solomon's point is that sin is self-destructive and brings with it its own retributive punishment that one cannot evade. The wicked person will fall unsuspectingly into a trap of their own making, where they become caught and bound up by their own sin, from which there is no escape. Well, lastly, Solomon issues the dreadful conclusion of the whole matter that his son will die because of a lack of discipline if he commits adultery, and it's because of an abundance of his foolishness that he goes astray. That's in verse 23. For the son to commit adultery, it constitutes a departure from the road of wisdom and a transfer to traveling upon the road of foolishness and evil. And on that road, the son will lose himself by acting wickedly. Rather than going astray in the love of his spouse and the union which God will bless, the son is warned not to go astray in the false love of the strange or foreign woman. This would only result in his own destruction. As Solomon said earlier in the chapter, the strange woman's house and feet lead to death, in verse 5. And those who go into her join her on her foolish and sinful path. Solomon's stern warning that his son will die because of a lack of discipline may seem a little over the top. I mean, sin is bad, And adultery is a particularly terrible sin to commit. But people don't die when they commit a sin, even as bad as adultery. Solomon's own father, King David, didn't die when he committed adultery with Uriah's wife Bathsheba. So what does Solomon mean by saying that his son will die because of a lack of discipline? First, what Solomon means by lack of discipline is a deficiency in following his wise teachings. The person who lacks discipline is a person who commits foolish acts and does not walk on the road of wisdom. The Hebrew word translated discipline refers primarily to moral discipline and self-control over one's desires. Such a person, who has no moral discipline or self-control, subjects themselves to the consequences and outcomes that foolishness produces. Both Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 and chapter 16 verse 25 say, There is a road that seems upright to a person, but its end is roads leading to death. The road of the fool, which he thinks is right in his own eyes, is a road that leads to death. This can mean physical death in an immediate sense in one's life, but it also has the more important meaning of bringing about ultimate, everlasting death. The person who walks on the road of foolishness is not one who submits to the rule of Yahweh, and therefore, in the end, they will be judged as a rebel and enemy of his kingdom. One further comment to make about this section of Proverbs comes from a statement that the Apostle Paul makes in his letter to Timothy in the New Testament. He writes, The sins of some people are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. But with some people, they are revealed later. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 24 The truth that Paul is expressing is that sometimes, Sin becomes known relatively quickly after it is committed, but after it is committed and judgment is dealt out at that time. But at other times, sin is revealed later. One thing we do know for sure is that we will experience the punishment and consequences of our sin sooner or later. Yahweh's justice will prevail And on the day of judgment, every person will stand before his throne and answer for what they have done in this life. In order to illustrate the Proverbs that we covered here in the last section of chapter 5, I want to share with you a story about Carl Lentz. Lentz was born in 1978 and was the youngest child of four. He grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia in a Christian family. In his teenage years, he struggled to find his place in his family's local church, and then as he became a young adult, he entered a time of questioning his faith. By the time he departed to North Carolina State for college, his faith was all but gone. Lentz lived in the spotlight of stardom playing varsity basketball at NC State and strayed away into a life of partying and indulgences. But one weekend... During his sophomore year, when he was visiting his family back home, he decided to join his parents at a service at a new church in the area called Wave Church. At that service, the pastor gave a call to the congregation saying, If you want to change your life and serve Jesus and Jesus alone, lift up your hand. Remarking upon that incident in his life, Lentz said, I don't know what happened to me. I mean, I've done that before, but something clicked. Well, by the end of that year, Lentz had decided to leave college, and he pursued what he believed was a calling of God on his life. Not too long after leaving NC State, Lentz was 20 years old when he decided to enroll in Hillsong College in Sydney, Australia, and he set out to the other side of the world in search of fulfilling his calling. While he was at Hillsong College, Lentz became good friends with founder Brian Houston's son, Joel. Lentz also met his future wife, Laura, who was studying at Hillsong as well. Well, After Carl and Laura got married and finished their training at Hillsong, they moved back to the United States in 2005 and began working at Wave Church, where Lentz had had his epiphany. And that is when things began to take off for Lentz. In the couple of years to follow, Lentz's public image and profile grew enormously as he began to find his way into prominent social circles and connections with influential people and big names. As Lentz's popularity grew, so did the interest of Brian Houston in partnering with Lentz to fulfill a long-standing vision of planting a Hillsong church in the heart of New York City. This dream then became reality. In 2010, Lentz co-founded Hillsong Church in New York City and launched a movement in New York City that would change the way people saw church being done. Lentz and the Hillsong Church in New York City, it just they just grew at an explosive rate. After only a year, only a year after launching the church, Lentz was holding up to six services a day in the famous 1,200-seat Irving Plaza venue in downtown New York. The weekly production of the services required about 300 personnel, most of which were volunteer staff. Moreover, in between services, Lentz was known to step out onto the street and minister to the homeless. One of his catch slogans was that he wanted to reach the famous to the nameless. No one was outside of his view of reaching with the gospel message. As the years went by, Lentz spent more time in the presence of many famous individuals and would brag about playing hoops with Drake and hanging out with other celebrities. One connection that Lentz made that really catapulted his popularity was with the pop sensation Justin Bieber. Lentz baptized Justin Bieber and has been pictured in many online posts mentoring and guiding Bieber in the Christian faith. Lentz was also present at the baptism of NBA star Kevin Durant, who was also known to attend Sunday services at Hillsong. And actor and singer Selena Gomez would show up at Hillsong Church on occasions, adding to Lentz's escalating fame. It seemed as if Lentz's reach was limitless. He had become a superstar pastor, so to say, in the public eye. He was invited to be on The Oprah Winfrey Show and made appearances on Kourtney Kardashian's Instagram. And he had an Instagram following himself of over 700,000 people. But all that began to change when Lentz met Ronan Karim in 2020. While out for a run one day in Domino Park in Brooklyn, Lentz spotted Karim looking for a place to sit and invited her to share the bench that he was at. Karim was a beautiful 34-year-old woman, a successful jewelry designer who had moved to New York from Israel. Lentz was enamored with Karim and began a secret five-month-long affair with her. But Lentz's infidelity came to a screeching halt when a coworker at Hillsong Church found text messages that had synced to his computer from his phone. These were then painfully shown to his wife, Laura, who couldn't believe her husband of 17 years and father of their three children would commit adultery. Lentz was eventually fired from Hillsong Church, but that was only a small consequence of his sin. Aside from the enormous trauma and hurt that he caused his family, most Hillsong Church members felt betrayed by Lentz. He completely destroyed the trust that Brian Houston, his friends, and the entire Hillsong Church team had placed in him. Furthermore, His adultery fueled a scandal of epic proportions that will forever mar the name of Hillsong Church and has permanently affected his family name and reputation. His children will suffer the shame of their father's moral failure and wicked behavior. What we can learn from the life of Carl Lentz is that no one is immune to the power of sinful temptations and also that sin will wreak havoc in our lives whether that happens immediately or later on. As Proverbs chapter 5, verse 22 instructs us, the one who acts wickedly will be captured by his own iniquities and seized by the cords of his own sin. There is no escape from the consequences of our sin. And if we lack the discipline to avoid the foolishness of sin, then we will go astray and suffer the destruction that results from our failure to live according to wisdom. Wisdom, though, will protect us from the devastation that foolishness and sin will bring if we are willing to listen and follow her teachings. Remember, everything we say and do is seen by Almighty Yahweh, and he weighs all of our paths. We are accountable for each choice we make and the consequences it brings about in our lives. Concerning the sin of adultery, let me say, The grass is not greener on the other side of the fence, no matter what reason you think you have for seeing it that way. It is a lie. Proverbs instructs us that we should drink water from our own cistern and fresh water from the midst of our own well. Then our fountain will be continually blessed. Why should we go astray with a strange woman? The end of that road only leads to death. This is the wisdom of the proverb thanks so much for listening to this episode of the words of wisdom podcast if you enjoyed this episode we would be so appreciative if you would share this podcast with your friends and if you have been blessed by this work please consider supporting the podcast by clicking on the donation link in the description